You're listening to the Arts Unknown Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Rocco. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. If you're a returning listener, well then welcome back. On today's episode, I got a chance to chat with Arthur Terambula. Arthur is a guitarist, singer-songwriter, and music therapist. Arthur grew up in Carbon County, Pennsylvania, and currently resides in the city of Lowell, Massachusetts, where you'll often see him playing at many of the local venues. Arthur is influenced by Americana and American Roots music, and is passionate about keeping both of these styles alive. At the time of recording this episode, he is working on releasing his first EP. It was great to get a chance to sit down and speak with Arthur about the struggles and successes he's had while pursuing a life in music and the arts. Let's take a listen. So, I want to start with uh, the beginning. How did you get into music? What are some of your earliest musical memories growing up? Uh, yeah, so my earliest music memories uh, came from my family. It was okay. very much like my dad listened to metal, and I would wow, like, okay. jump on the bed <laughs> listening to metal. And then, what kind of metal? That's a pretty like a lot of wide like genre. Um, yeah, right, right. Um, just like Metallica, Slayer, okay. Pantera. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you know, I'm not good at classic. the terminology right. of metal. But There's a I lot of subgenres. It's like out thrash. There. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, I heard that a lot, and then my mom, she listened to like Blondie and Alanis Morissette. Oh, okay. And then that's uh, cool. Yeah, so that's kind of my little piece of her. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of my songwriting comes from those ideas. And then my grandmother, uh, she listened to like a lot of classics like Barbara Streisand or Nat King Cole. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Rod Some Stewart. jazz stuff? Yeah, like vocal pop jazz. Nice. Um, and then... And you grew up hearing all this stuff? You remember yeah, being younger yeah, and hearing this definitely, music? Definitely, definitely some of my first music memories and then... Um, and uh, music was the thing that connected me with my father, and he died when I was six. So oh, I just so sorry uh, to hear that. That's okay. Yeah, I just I got really attached to music, and um, through all of my episodes of life, mm-hmm. I have uh, always played. music has always been there. It yeah, sounds yeah, like. yeah. Just writing, reading, mm-hmm. music, and uh, that's it. That's great. Was there a certain artist or band that you remember you first really latched onto when you were younger? Um, I kind of had that initial spark of like, ooh, this is cool. I like this. I want to hear more of this. Well, I think, I think the first one, which is probably an influence for my father, was Metallica. Okay. Um, but it was like Ride the Lightning, and um, I still really like that album. Yeah. But uh, the second one was until I was like 11, and Nirvana just like blew up in my brain. Oh, really? Um, okay. I, I was at a, a family member's house, and I saw the... The naked baby with the oh, dollar. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, "What? What is that?" <laughs> and then I opened it up, and I just was flipping through, and I got to lithium, and I was just, it just felt right. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then did you just kind of dive into Nirvana after that, or grunge in general? Did you go to like Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, all the usuals? No, I uh, I just I just listened to a lot of that, and then I guess. Did that open the musical door to other bands afterwards? A little bit, but I would say kind of at the time there were all these releases of demos that Kurt Cobain had mm, of okay. songs that were popular and not popular. And I mm. found that um, 
Was this online? This is internet? No, it was before internet. Well, at least for me and my family. Like, it was before I was, like, accessing any of that. I think it was, like... I mean, obviously, the internet was around, but Mm -hmm. I think it was for my 12th birthday. I asked for, like, with the Lights Out box set. Wow, you were only 12? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was was something something like that. Early fan, young fan. But uh, I was just completely enamored by the low fidelity recordings and really I just, those usually, i've heard some of those those are pretty rough around the edges yeah demos. it just uh i was so attracted to it and i i love what the about run. it did you like i think it, it was just the the immediacy the that okay. i really liked i felt like and i still i mean a lot of what i like comes from those ideas of the immediacy of the urgency of the the creation and uh how that's going to come through and how it's just such an exciting moment, or mm. not an exciting moment, but it has to come through. Right, it's very um, raw, it's, it's yeah. unfiltered, yeah. there's no tampering with it yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's definitely still, like, a craft. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think a lot of people think that lo-fi ideas or these recordings sometimes of demos are unrefined, but I think... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're a lot of them are refined in a certain kind of way. Mm. Um, and once you get to that certain recording, you, uh, you you get to a point where you lose that special spark. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. So during all this time, uh, were you a musician yet? When did you pick up the guitar? Uh, well, I was singing as a kid. Um, I wanted a guitar, and I asked my dad for a guitar. He said he would get me one. And now, when you one. say you're singing as a kid, was that me singing along with like albums, or singing in the shower? Well, it was like, um, like I was in church as a kid, and oh, okay, would sing in like different choral things. You know, like every other kid that goes to school or church, you mm-hmm. have to. Were sing. you part of like a church chorus, or just in the pews? No, you were just singing along with everybody. I mean, it was it was kind of like they had like Christmas concerts, and if you were okay. in like like the Sunday school or something, mm-hmm. you just sang those songs. And okay. um, always as a kid, like I just loved hearing the words. I loved the way melody made me feel. Mm. And uh, I just wanted to, to sing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. And then at some point you were saying you wanted, you asked your, someone for a guitar yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. And then, or something like that. And uh, I just, I knew from hearing like Metallica, like a very guitar driven band sure. that I wanted to play and, uh, and metal guitar. Yeah. driven. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I, and I had like a great grandfather who got me a guitar. It was like an old Stella. Um, but it wasn't playable and I wish it, I wish I could have like known more about guitars at the time and, mm-hmm. or Tried knew to somebody it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Cause it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be like my, my guitar now. Okay. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I was 11 I got an electric and I just started going at it. I mean, I, at the time, too, a year before that, I started playing trombone and it was kind of like, oh, wow. okay. if you show that you can like commit to something, like we'll, we'll further invest. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we don't really we'll have money you. to like just throw away. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, I'm sure that's the concern of a lot of parents. It's yeah. Like, All right. You know, or if they get you something, they get like the cheap fifty dollar yeah. Walmart guitar. And yeah. Like, okay, have fun with this. And but I don't think anybody ever questioned that I was passionate. I just think okay. I just I just think it was. Um, they just wanted to make sure it was the right thing. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because I was already doing it. it yeah. I didn't need the guitar, but I just wanted to play the guitar. Yeah, you needed yeah. that that tool to help you yeah. express yourself. Exactly. And you also mentioned trombone. How long was that a thing it for? Very, it was very short. Very short lived. I uh, I got sucked into it because I had this, uh, you know, going into the fifth grade. 
Because how old were you again? Fifth grade? Yeah, so I was like 10, and I remember the band director of the middle school was like, if you want to learn how to play the guitar, play the trombone. What? (laughs) (laughs) What a sales pitch that was. Well, you know, uh, for whatever reason, 10-year-old me couldn't put those pieces together, and uh, that they weren't really that similar. His story was he started with the guitar, and he found jazz trombone. Now, jazz trombone wasn't introduced to me at the time, so right. maybe things would have like been a little different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I just kind of got sick of counting thirty measures and not playing, and um, yeah. I just felt like, like my, I just feel, I just feel like I had a voice, and like mm-hmm. my voice wasn't coming through that instrument sure. in a group like that. That's and a great I, way to put it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think concert music's beautiful. I mm-hmm. love going to like see a symphony or or hear a symphony rather mm-hmm. uh but it's definitely a different experience and i i think i had a lot of things that i had to say mm-hmm. and process and uh concert band just wasn't doing it for me yeah, yeah. so but it's a special thing for sure yeah absolutely so that and your first guitar was an electric guitar yep okay yep. that's kind of unique usually most parents want to start them off on an acoustic or like a yeah. nylon acoustic for like classical stuff i guess that's just what i wanted i mean i didn't come from a, a family that was like you know, they were all blue collar people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all intelligent, but mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they were like, you know, you think of people like Bruce Springsteen or mm-hmm. something like imagine those areas of plight and mm-hmm. rock and roll and music is like the thing that's driving your town from completely dying when everything else around you is dead right. already. And just for our listeners, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania. I grew up in like what is called Carbon County. Okay. Um, it's uh, like a part of the Rust Belt, I guess you could say, or like a coal mining town. Okay, yeah. Um, so coal's really big down there. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but the history is there, and yeah. uh, it remains, and um, it just remains. So Nice. So guitar, you got the electric guitar. Do you remember what it was? What brand? It was just a Yamaha. Yeah. Yamaha? Okay. Yeah. It was like a starter kit, you know, mm-hmm. and... Um, Comes with like the amp and the case and the belts or not yeah. the, belt, the uh, strap. Yep. Yeah. Nice. And uh, I just remember like I quickly became obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I like wasn't. Not that I didn't like school. I just didn't excel in school mm-hmm. in that form of thinking. Sure. And sure. Uh, you know, I when I get home, I'd either go and play guitar when I was like twelve, or I'd right. go and skateboard. And nope. then I'd come home and play guitar. There you go. So, and then when I was in school, I was just thinking about, thinking about skateboarding, skateboarding and, and guitars. Guitar, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then sometimes girls, as they started to pop up in my life. Yep, yep, uh, of course. And I still think about those things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, still occupy some brain space. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, Instagram is beautiful for watching skateboarding videos. There you go. Um, and but, guitar videos. Yeah, and girls. And girls. <laughs> <laughs> so you get all the above. Yep. Uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, so that was at that time. That was the first guitar. Okay. Yeah. And did you take lessons or were you self-taught? Um, I mean, I, I honestly learned from... Well, I had an uncle who played a little bit of guitar. Okay. Um, he still plays it from what I know. And he's like a graphic designer and oh, wow. okay. does some different stuff. And he's a mechanic and welder. And anyhow, mm-hmm. he played. And uh, when I finally had this guitar he like showed me how to play uh smells like teen spirit and like maybe like brain stew by green day nice power chord kind of rock yeah yeah and then um once i learned that i was like sitting at home obsessively learning tracks off of nevermind and like 
like off that Dookie album mm-hmm. by Green Day, and yep. I just like couldn't stop, and I just I just wanted to keep doing it. Nice. So. so that was like kind of the aha moment. That was the spark. Yeah, kind of motivated you to be like, oh, I can do something with this instrument. Yeah, but I definitely liked making noise. Like I, yeah. and that's the other thing I loved about that box set that I was mentioning earlier with with the lights out. Like right, I right. loved the noise sections, and I loved, um, again that, and I think the electric guitar is such a textural instrument, in my opinion, definitely, um, to provide an ambiance, and sometimes it's a pretty aggressive ambiance or or a really delicate one. You know, you look at somebody like the way like. Like uh, even uh, Nels Klein of Wilco, the way mm-hmm. he plays oh, yeah. and like has that aggressive sound sometimes. Then he, but it's also feels like a little bit like Bill Frizzell sometimes. And then Bill Frizzell has this beautiful ambiance that's just mm-hmm. impeccable. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think the versatility of the guitar too was something I was very much drawn to. Nice, yeah, very cool. And then um, and you kept playing. I would say you didn't quit because a lot of people try for a few years and then they're like, ah, not for me. They get preoccupied with the girls or the skateboarding. No, <laughs> no I, um, for me, it was, I was singing still and I okay. really liked singing. And mm-hmm. uh, when I got to high school, um, singing kind of took the forefront. Still was playing, but like really, like I was doing different vocal groups in high school and okay. like acapella groups. And I wasn't very good, but. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really care. I just wanted to sing. You just wanted to sing, and yeah. I. I went I'm sure through... you got better as you did it more, though. I mean, it sounds like you started singing from a pretty early age. So yeah, I think I got better. Practicing. But I think it's like male, like the male voice is really hard to figure out when you're in Especially your teens, going through puberty. It's yeah. the worst time. Voice cracks all yeah. over the place. And uh, developmentally, there's just so much going on. So yeah. Anyhow. Uh, and because it was such a small school, it was like if you were a boy and you were singing, it was like you're gonna do great things, you know. Right. And if you cared, and right. I cared, and I you sang, yeah. So <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So then you're playing music through uh, high school. Were you in, in any bands? Did you join any groups no. besides the chorus, or is it just mainly you know, solo? There was a lot of, not a lot. There was a couple, a couple of bands. Mm-hmm. Like in school, but I just, I don't know what it was. I just like really wasn't drawn mm. to being in a band. There was nothing that was just like, I, that wasn't the thing that made me be like, I want to do that. I was just like, this is, I completely appreciated what they were doing and I liked it, mm. but I wasn't like drawn to it. Um, the things that I was drawn to were those, those recordings, okay. um, which were again, like, very much in a bedroom and right, I, right. I don't know what it was there was just something about it that I was like that's what I want to do um B is cool but I'm not really right that so what do you mean B. that's what I want to do I want to make a career as a musician or I just want to no 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 um I just want to be able to uh channel something mm-hmm. in a really really intimate way mm. um and I'm I think there are bands can do that but I just I just liked the idea of songwriting and I liked the way that lyrics made me feel. And, um, I felt that in the privacy of my room. I didn't feel that while I was watching a band when I was a kid, at least. Yeah. And you could argue that Kurt Cobain was a singer songwriter with the band around him. You know, I mean, whereas I feel like there's some bands, maybe Metallica, although I don't know them that well, but a lot of other bands were like, they write as a band, they write as a unit, the drummer comes up with a cool fill, the bassist comes up with a cool riff, and maybe the singer writes the lyrics, and the guitar player writes the, the main hook of the song, whereas like 
with Nirvana, at least from what I understand, it's Kurt doing those kind of demos in his bedroom or whatever. And then he brings them to the band to kind of flesh out the arrangements and make it heavier and make it rock harder. But mm. the initial inception of his ideas, I think, usually, from what I understand, started yeah. mostly from him. Yeah, very uh, private moment. Right. Which is, you, you, you can can't say that for people. every band. So I think that's interesting that that's where you kind of found the inspiration because that's yeah. kind of what it seemed like you were going towards. The yeah. Same songwriter kind of route. Um, <clears throat> it just felt right. And uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I was definitely into like flashy guitar playing to some extent. Sure. Like, and I got, I feel like I kind of got, to be honest, got distracted by it. Really? Okay. Um, but I think... Um, In what way? What do you mean distracted? You know, like, I I think it's great if people want to play, like, Joe Satriani or something. But mm-hmm. I, for me, it was like, it was like I would tinker in it, and then I just would be like, but I'm not, I'm not experiencing it. I'm not, like, and maybe it's a me thing, um, mm-hmm. but I just, I the experience just, like, wasn't there. But the experience, and also when I would play that for other people, the experience wasn't there. But if I was like... The hey, reaction you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, well, okay. and even just my reaction... Like okay. the way I way that something else real to me, I don't want to say valuable, and I'm not saying that is invaluable. Sure, sure. I it just it just the wasn't the right fit for you. Maybe? Yeah, it just it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so I, I think for who I am, it was a bit of a distraction from mm-hmm. who I am. But I think like anything, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to like try things and mm-hmm. figure out what you like. And I figured out. That wasn't really what I liked. Yeah, it didn't okay. feel right. Yeah. It's just as important. It's right? beautiful Speaking though. I'll listen to it once in a while still. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but the more flashy stuff. Yeah, once yeah. in a while, like I, I can enjoy like a ripping guitar solo. Sure, sure. And really appreciate it. But uh your home base, you kinda of come back to the, yeah, the same I, I'm songwriter. just I'm just so feeling driven. Yeah. Um <laughs> hey, it's a lot of feelings in music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh and that's kind of how I describe everything to everybody now when I'm talking to them or meeting people. It's like I'm pretty much driven by emotion yeah. and uh, by like an inner inner feeling or voice that just mm-hmm. like wants me to go in a certain direction. And even if I try to fight that, it like punches me right right in the face yeah. to tell you like you're not doing that, man. Like, yeah. you know, you got to think about who you really are. Yeah. And then I do and, and life is good. And then here we are. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good. It takes a little time to figure that out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Or um, your whole life. Or your whole life, yeah. <laughs> the journey, not a destination, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so as we continue on this journey, uh, yeah. high school ends. Yeah. Where do you find yourself after high school? Uh, well, it's kind of funny. Like, So I, I had no intention of going to music school uh, at first. I kind of just thought probably going to stay near my hometown and do something maybe along the lines of special education because um, okay. I was really passionate about working with uh, special needs kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing some volunteer work with like Special Olympics and stuff. And, oh, wow. That's great. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. There was something about it that I really liked. And mm-hmm. I think it's, again, like a vulnerability thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very feeling driven. Sure, um, sure. And a lot of emotion uh, working uh, with those kids, I'm sure. Yeah, there's just like a lot of them are really passionate people. Mm-hmm. They really want to grow. And uh, less, I don't know. Everybody's different, though. I don't want to generalize. Sure, sure. But anyhow, um, so I was kind of thinking that, and then still singing, blah blah blah. And then um, when I was sixteen, I got cancer. It was diagnosed, and oh, um, wow. that's kind of when like the writing really came through, mm-hmm. um, and the process, and trying to cope and process my own emotions, and sure. the world around me as a 
adolescent I can't even imagine at 16 years old going through something like that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people go through it, um, or they're, you know, going to, or they have, and um, this doesn't really, there's no bias, there's nothing to it, it just happens, and happened to me, and I learned a lot, and uh, yeah, I just, I uh, basically, I had this experience where I was in a hospital, and um, people would hear me playing, like, down the hall, and this one day, my grandmother, who would stay with me in the hospital, you were allowed to play in yeah, your yeah, room? in my room. That's because I'd be in there for like five to seven days. I'm sure that was straight. therapeutic at that time too, because yeah. that must have been a difficult time for you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I didn't think about it being difficult, um, but it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're 16 too. It's... Music was just a beautiful distraction. It was just like a so pure, mm-hmm. but so like so much of something was it. coming out but yeah. it was still a distraction but mm-hmm. all the subconscious like fear and stress like, and anxiety yeah it was sure, yeah. totally coming through mm-hmm. uh but you know my grandmother was talking to this other mom in a, like uh, they had like a pantry area and she said like oh he was like a two-year-old with cancer and he just like wasn't doing well oh, or he was he was something like that. he was like a toddler or infant i think he was an in, actually an infant i don't know oh, my God. either way well, he was he was, was really rough. young either way yeah. yeah and um she was just like oh he feels so sick like i know he loves music and i uh my grandmother was like if you feel comfortable like going in and just playing for him like whatever mm-hmm. you know what you want to play yeah. um i'm sure like that mom would really appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So I went in and I like messed around with twinkle, twinkle, little star for like 30 minutes <laughs> There you go. before. And, uh, figured it out. Yeah. And the kid was puking and crying all day. And oh, he just man. like looked at me and heard what I was doing. And that like just kind of stopped. And wow. mom was saying like, he's been crying and not doing well at all today. And like, I tried so hard to just like make him feel a little bit better mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it. And I was just like, and I didn't, I, I, at the time I didn't think much of it. And then I went into my room and like, remember was like kind of confused or like, was like, wow, like <laughs> what just happened? Right, right. And like, do you know what just happened? And I was like, I, I was like, you know, being a teenager, like whatever, like right, it doesn't right. matter. Old, like, yeah. like, you know, but I was just happy that like mom was happy and yeah. that kid like just wasn't, wasn't uh, just in guts out pure anymore. misery yeah. for like maybe, you know, for the duration of Twinkle Twinkle. Right. <laughs> um, so I, uh, you know, when I was in recovery, I was still writing and going through depression and trying to get back on my feet. And, sure, um, sure. I found out about music therapy and, uh, I just went that route and, um, I had a, did you have a connection like, Oh, this is kind of what I was doing helping this kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, I think the connection of like wanting to do something along the lines of like special education or doing something with special needs and then Mm -hmm. music. Like I was really interested in psychology as a kid. Um, and like forms of like, psychotherapy mm, okay. um i mean i wasn't like studying it but i right. i knew i knew what it was about like okay. and i knew what the feeling was and i knew i wanted to be supportive mm-hmm. um in my life so uh those two things just like came together and i was like what what is that music therapy and um how did you hear about that did someone tell you or no going online yeah i think stuff? i found it on the internet you kind of take these online tests and um, somehow stumbled upon it 
something like that. I don't think it was actually said like you should be a music therapist or anything like that, but right. I think it was like everything was like you should be this like a teacher oh, of some okay. sort or a yeah. therapist and somehow like as looking through things and being like, what am I going to do with my life right. as a 17 year old, mm-hmm. which is disgusting. <laughs> um, but luckily I, I kind of had a feeling of what I wanted to do, okay. which I was very fortunate. Yeah. But stumbled upon it and I was like, yep, that's it. And then I had a choral teacher in high school that I was close with. And he, um, I, again, I had no intentions of going very far. Um, and then he was like, you should check out this school. It was Berkeley college of music. Uh, I went and that was it. Now I've been in New England since then. Since then, yeah. Wow. Um, had you heard of Berkeley before that? No, no. Yeah, no, like, no idea. And anybody that you know, when I got accepted, anybody that if I was you know working as a cashier, mm-hmm. I was doing that for a short amount of time, or mm-hmm. you know, even like at school or whatever it may be, people ask me, what are you going to do? Like after high school, what are you going to yeah. do college? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to Berkeley. And people would be like really excited because they thought it was Berkeley in California. Oh, no. <laughs> they're like, you're, you're, oh, wow, you're science. And it's like, right. no, uh, sorry. And they're like, Berkeley College of Music. And like sometimes you'd have somebody and they're like, they light up a little bit. But I'm going to say they're a pretty yeah. well-known school, I feel like. Yeah, but it's Pennsylvania. It's a small yeah. town. And, sure, you sure. know, a lot of people don't really, you know, I mean, people do go. People come and go. But, right. uh, you know, it's that... Like, there's some places where music really is driven hard, mm-hmm. um, and it Push just wasn't schools. there. Yeah. yeah. It just wasn't there. Well, that even... It was in some ways, though. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that the music didn't exist, or, you know, is this, like, utopian mm-hmm. town right. where, you know, the mayor was, like... No it, music. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like that. It's against the law. Yeah. No, um, I just... Um, yeah, but again, I feel like a lot of it was like concert band and choral driven. Right. That's what well, I, I wanted to touch on. You mentioned your teacher that suggested it. Could yeah. You, uh, go into a little bit more detail about your relationship with uh, the teacher. Was that a positive relationship? Was he pushing yeah. you? No, it was, it was positive. Um, I uh, don't feel as if it was necessarily pushing, but I feel like he supported me. Okay, yeah, maybe that's a better way to put in it. The, in the sense that he knew could see that even though I wasn't, like that great or anything he just knew that like you you're feeling things and Mm -hmm. you like have that thing that that will keep moving and projecting throughout your life and Mm -hmm. uh this might be the right choice for you um or he he didn't think he knew it was the right choice for me and um i think other people knew that too and Mm -hmm. what didn't come as a surprise Mm -hmm. but that's kind of was our relationship mm-hmm. that's great yeah um all right so berkeley college of music mm-hmm. um you went for music therapy yep how was that experience overall it was great music therapists are like some of the nicest people um they love working with other people mm-hmm. um you met a lot of other like-minded people i imagine yeah i would say to some extent like I wouldn't, yeah, I would say so. Um, like was, other people that were music therapy majors, specifically. Yeah, there were, at the time, it was a pretty small department. Mm-hmm. I know it's growing, and it was still growing when I was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had, like, maybe, like, 29 or 30 peers, or mm-hmm. maybe a little more than that. Um, and you really got to see the same people all the time, mm-hmm. um, which was nice. You know, we worked hard together, and uh, it wasn't an easy major because it's a lot of music, a lot of psychology, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to learn a lot and do a lot. 
but uh, it's totally worth it with the people you're working with. You know? Sure, it's building that network, right? Yeah, that's, that's uh, can't put a price on that. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, it was a great experience. Nice. And now, uh, did you have to take private lessons when you were there? Yeah, we did. Like, uh, I think my first four semesters, you had you had a private lesson, um, and that was great. Uh, this was on guitar, I imagine, or was yeah, it songwriting. No, I was a guitar vocal? major. I, okay. I studied with um, with Guy Van Duzer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really inspired by Chet Atkins playing and Tommy Emanuel. Oh, really? Um, okay. And I because I you know later in high school I started to really get into like folk and country and okay. different styles of like rock and roll that was more folk. Right. Uh, and songwriting. I mean, it's, it was always songwriting driven for me. Sure. But. Uh, like in a different way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I feel like I just wanted to chill out a little bit yeah. after listening <laughs> after Metallica to Nirvana, and Nirvana. Yeah. for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow, so I studied with him and then I studied with John Damien for a bit uh, okay. just to like learn the neck of the guitar and feel comfortable. Because mm-hmm. you, you said you hadn't had any formal lessons up to that I had point. like, I had, there was like a teacher I had in high school. Actually, I studied with two people. Um, but it was very, very low key. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one guy was like very much like I go to his house. Mm-hmm. Um, we sit there for like 45 minutes or 30 minutes and we work through tunes and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taught me some, some scales and stuff. Um, all the usual stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it wasn't like, you know, like a young music school kind of thing. You know, yeah. I know it's like some young people get these really, um, how do I want to say, like opportunities? Mm-hmm. Um, not saying I didn't have any opportunities; I absolutely did. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was pretty low key. And then there was a classical teacher. Um, he played at the church I went to, mm-hmm. and I studied with him for like a few lessons. Started playing some classical, but it just like didn't feel didn't right. Yeah. yeah, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. I I appreciated the technique. Uh, I just found myself falling asleep playing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's not a good sign. So I just, I mean, it's beautiful again. And uh, maybe, and I, I, I'm not saying it wasn't challenging. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, yeah. my heart well, wasn't in it. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like there's a theme of you kind of testing the waters in a few different areas mm-hmm. and then, appreciating it but realizing that's not the right fit for you yeah i think that's any uh young artist or old artist or any Any artist any any person you just have to try different things and see what feels right and um when you found what fit or what felt right was that a clear moment for you where it was like yes this is it or did it take some time i think it took time and i think i think it's a inner thing like you know, especially when you're in music school mm-hmm. or just anything in life, you see people doing things and they're really good at it mm-hmm. and it's really inspiring. Sure. And sometimes you're inspired to do so. Um, and sometimes you're jealous. Oh yeah. Uh, that can be a motivating factor though. It, yeah, it definitely can be. Uh, but I, you know, I just didn't, it wasn't enough for me. It had to come from, from the, uh, as cheesy as it sounded, it had to come from the heart. <laughs> That's okay. Because as soon as I was doing things that, uh, like, I remember being at parties and, like, having a guitar in my hand and, like, you know, there'd be some kid, like, ripping, shredding that yep. played before me and, like, people didn't really notice and then I would, like, be like, yeah, well, I wrote this song and uh, the room changed and it was like, this is, this is so what you, I'm supposed to do. You were really do. tapped into the audience reaction, it sounds like. 
Uh, yeah, because I f- I started out as a guitar major. Mm-hmm. Still love the guitar, still study it, but I was busking and playing like Chet Atkins songs, which I loved, and all these things. But like people didn't notice it, and then I would play like a James Taylor song or something else, and mm-hmm. people were like just. They loved it, and I wow. I loved it. Yeah. It felt good. It's funny how that happens. Sometimes, yeah, you know? and uh, I just and I realized like the effect that music was having on me when I was playing it, when mm-hmm. even when nobody was around. Right. Um, where the Chet Atkins thing was like, it was technical and it was fun and right. it was cool to be like I have these small objectives and goals. Yep. But it uh, the for me the on the receiving end at the end of the day it ended up feeling pretty meaningless yeah uh it's beautiful but like and i think i think everybody just like in life they find the thing that just fulfills them and some people it's like what's happening just purely like you know thinking or um yeah i I wouldn't say i don't think i'm a very analytical person but uh I again, it has to come from that that emotional side yeah, of things. Absolutely. Um, and you had a good experience with your teachers, and then being a music student. Yeah. Uh, as, in high school as well as in college. So. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I feel like I've always been a like I wasn't always a straight A student or anything like that growing up, but I was always a good student to a to a degree, and especially in college, I became a very good student. Oh, okay. Um, what changed? I don't know what changed. I think I think I always had the drive, but I think I finally started learning how to take that learning style of I can learn things by myself, and that's the best way for me to learn. Mm, okay. So um, someone gives you an assignment, and then you take it home. And work yeah. On it. Which, like in high school, I don't know why that didn't work for me. It wasn't until I, you know, when I was sick, I had this teacher visiting me, and um, I didn't do much work, but when I had the energy to do it, I did it. This is a music teacher or just a regular this school teacher? This is just a, a school teacher. Like, okay. this is, a, uh, like, a, a science class, basically. Okay. It was, like, biology or something. Yeah, it was biology. And I had no interest in this at the time, but I started, like, you know, he'd be like, yep, all I need you to do is read these 30 pages, and then we're going to do a quiz. And I don't know what it was, like, <laughs> which just sounds silly, but I just was so into it. And I just started to learn that I love studying and I love this and I did well. Um, but I feel like I didn't really have the guidance growing up to be like, mm. read this. And I will say this is my thing too growing up was when I was reading things for the longest time. And I think it's because of the way my brain developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be reading and my brain would be pairing associations with what I was reading within my experience or my imagination. Um, so as like I was reading, I'd be imagining something completely different from what I was trying to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I also got the knack for metaphor and like being able to have these scattered thoughts. And then eventually I learned how to tame them and yeah. through especially studying music therapy, like reading articles and things and mm-hmm. writing research papers. You really learn how to tailor that, that scatter brain and make and that idea brain. I don't even want to say it's scattered cause I feel like it's negative, but that mm-hmm. idea kind of brain yeah. and you learn how to push it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, make it something productive and concrete. Yeah. But as a kid, you know, when you're not even aware of how you're thinking, you're aware of it, but like you don't know how to express it and yeah. you don't know how, what can help you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so uh, yeah, I'm a good student, 
but it took time. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. To figure myself yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Takes a lot of people. Some people never get there, so. Yeah. You know. And sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so part of the, the point of this podcast is we also want to sort of help creatives and artists kind of know, all right, if I want to do this, how am I going to make a living and support myself? Because um, a lot of times uh, we've noticed that, you know, that doesn't get taught as much in schools or people just aren't really sure what to do with that. So I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. The first thing I was going to say is, when did you realize you wanted to try to make a living as a musician? Was there a certain moment? Was it when you went to college? Was it in high school? Was there a certain point? I just always wanted to play, and I always wanted to, to sing or write. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I even feel now, like, I don't know if my ambitions in music are so much career-driven. Mm -hmm. um, they're definitely... I like to play shows. I, For me, I, I kind of... I kind of just want to be part of like communities and I want to be able to do mm. like little tours and meet people and uh, just communicate yeah. and see what happens. And, you know, sometimes you stumble upon something that is, uh, that's an opportunity and mm -hmm. that does happen. And sometimes it doesn't. And right. uh, there's, there's lulls. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think my, the thing that resets me in life is the music therapy gig. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, so I feel like I'll keep doing that. And you have a full time job or part time job as yeah, a music I'm like, therapist? Yeah, I work 32 hours as a music therapist. Okay. But yeah, I think um, I'm trying to get back to your question a little bit clearer. Can you ask it again, please? Yeah, I was just thinking when it, was there a moment you realized you wanted to make a living as a musician? You know, like, okay, you're usually a lot of, for a lot of people, it's, it's high school or yeah. just earlier. I think it's going to sound so corny. <laughs> But I, okay. I feel like it's one of those things that I didn't choose it. It just was coming you. out and like I couldn't mm -hmm. help it. And I think I've tried to like put a little, and it's a really, really terrible attempt, but I try to put like a little bit of a lid on it or just cover it up a little bit. And every mm -hmm. time I do it, it just ends up exploding out of me. <laughs> oh, no. And then it's just like even worse. And then I have to deal with like different forms of anxiety and things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I, I've just gone to the point where I'm like, I just have to let this be. And like, yeah. that's who I am. And, yeah. um, there will be good things and mm -hmm. good times. There will be bad times and bad things, but that's life. Yeah, that exactly. Happens. So nice. Now, did you ever get any advice on how to make a living as a musician or as an artist from anyone growing up, <laughs> up to this point? <laughs> My favorite advice that I've ever gotten, oh boy, this is a funny one, is um, I have I have two. Well, no, let me just tell you this one. So I okay. had I had a great teacher um, that I started to create a pretty good relationship with in Berkeley, and mm -hmm. I uh, I only had him because he was part of the Roots Department at Berkeley, which is amazing. Roots mm -hmm. Department's so cool. Uh, basically. You yeah, can for any listeners that don't know, what's the Roots Department? The Roots Department is all Americana, like folk-based music. Okay. Um, okay. So there, there'll be like um, country blues, bluegrass, okay. um, styles like that, um, among other ones. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like, it's like a really small department. Mm -hmm. uh, it might have grown since, but it's it's such a it's such a low-key thing that like you don't, these some of the people that are teaching there are like actually funded by a donor to okay. teach and they're like we love these teachers like you have Berkeley has to have them mm. and um 
basically every year they hope for these funds and uh, they keep getting them. And from what I know, they're still getting them and they're fantastic teachers. And you just right. sign up on your own time. Like it's not part of your curriculum. Um, you find a slot that week and you go in and you pick whatever time you want. You sit with them for an hour or 30 minutes and uh, it's great lessons. That's awesome. Um, and that seems like right up your alley. You said you were getting into the folk and uh, yeah, that just, kind of stuff later I, on. I found myself wanting to play ragtime and blues because it had oh, the wow. technicality of the finger picking that I want wanted, but it had the emotion in the voice and it had right. the groove and it had um, and it had the truth of a song. And I, that's a great that's a great description right there. <laughs> the truth of the song. Yeah, there was uh, and those. I mean, all those guys back in the day, they were they were busking and they were playing out on the streets trying sure. to make money. But, you know, considering socially who they were and mm -hmm. racism and right. all these other things we in the plights of America that, you know, existed and still exist to mm -hmm. some extent today or do exist. But we're not going to get too far on yeah. any of those topics. I'm sorry. No, um, but, you know, they, they were just doing them, you know, they were just doing it and. Uh, and a, a lot of them were were blind, so they, they couldn't really do much else. They were mm -hmm. exiled in so many ways, so wow. that was their thing. Um, but getting back to uh, that professor who taught me a lot of that stuff, mm -hmm. um, or one of the various professors that taught me a lot of that stuff, he said to me the one day, he's like, you know, I think it's really something that you're going to do the music therapy thing and you still are going to like study and play and you're going to do shows and like, you're not, you're not going to stop. And I was like, wow, thanks. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, I had a teacher and he said, what do you want to be? And he's like, oh yeah, I want to be a guitar player. And he's like, he's like, no, you don't. He's like, you don't want to be a guitar player. He's like, if you want to be a guitar player, you become a postman and you become a postman what? first and you be the postman, then you become the guitar player. And I thought okay. that was just such a interesting interesting lesson because and i'm not saying that you shouldn't i'm and it's it's okay, i'm confused right right okay so <laughs> so it seems ironic right it's, yeah. it's this guy this he makes a living playing guitar teaching guitar mm -hmm. um but i think sometimes especially with craft and i love poetry a lot of mm -hmm. my poets that's like charles bukowski worked in the postal service and then like wrote oh. poems and like okay. eventually met the right person that was like I like your voice. I like who you are. Yeah. Um, and I got what he was saying. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't, it's like if you, at least for me, the way I want to do things is like, I want, if somebody's going to like my voice, they're going to like my voice. And I'm not mm -hmm. speaking about my singing voice, my presence, who right. I am, what I'm writing, what I'm, mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, that's going to, that's going to pick me up. And that, that might be a career. It mm -hmm. might not be. That's okay. Um, so just so I'm understanding what yeah. he was saying, he's saying you got to be a postman first. Is that like, you got to grind it out. You got to pay your dues kind of first before you Maybe. get I, to your goals. I How did it, you interpret that? I, my interpretation was that, you know, um, you, you got to, I'm not saying you can't be a musician. You can't eat. I know, I have, I know people that are doing excellent doing music full time, mm -hmm. but was he's like, not don't put all your, uh, what's the expression? Don't cut your eggs before they hatch, or don't put all your chickens in one basket. Maybe I, I guess I, don't I even think know for, if that's the right expression. I'm, I'm trying to get there too, because um, I, I know, like I can feel it, but I, I don't know how to express it necessarily. My interpretation was, for my life, when I create, I don't sit down for eight hours a day creating. It's like right. it's like 
a, a craft of like 20, 30 minutes or yep. sometimes, sometimes it is hours, but, um, it's not, and I'm coming, I feel like I, I still study, mm-hmm. I still work on things and I work on technique, but I, uh, I very much am like trying to get to something mm-hmm. and, um, I'm not going to be emotionally available to that if I don't have other aspects in my life oh, to live I by. See. Okay. Um, I think I'm understanding a little bit. I, I think for me, um, being just doing, I, I, I do art and create and mm-hmm. music a lot, uh, but I don't, I need to have those other moments because if I want to connect with people, I have to know what it's like to be that guy. And I need to know what it's going to be like to be her. And yeah, I also need to yeah. know, you know, I need, and I need to sit in different chairs and like mm-hmm. different, I don't know, like sit in a church and like see who's there. Or, like right, sit right. in like, sit in the bar. Like I've been writing bar songs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, um, so his advice is almost, you don't want to, you almost want to be a little bit more well-rounded or Maybe. more balanced or kind of think, just be in I, touch with other aspects of life to those who aren't musicians. I think, I think in a lot of ways it was a lesson that you can take in many ways. And uh, I yeah, feel like, I think it's purposely vague. Yeah. It's, I've developed it in my own brain many times mm-hmm. and, um, it really, again, it just really stuck with me and it keeps coming back. And did um, you ask him like, what do you mean by that? Or were you just like, Whoa, Okay. Yeah, I'll I think feel about like that later <laughs> dissect that at home. No, I think I think a lot of it too is like you um you know, this is a way you can look at it too is like if you have something that has a steady income, which you can do that is in music, mm-hmm. but he's saying in general, if you have something that has a steady income, mm-hmm. uh you will be able to live a healthy life and doing what you're doing and keep pursuing that and mm-hmm. keep moving towards your craft and that thing. Um but again, I think there's a lot of different perspectives on that lesson right. and i think it's a very powerful lesson i think that's why it's probably powerful there's so yeah. many different ways to interpret it yeah yeah wow that's some that's some good advice <laughs> Maybe the best advice for that question i've, I've yeah. gotten yet so thank um, you for sharing that story no um all right just one or two more questions to kind of wrap things up here um what are some of the difficulties in making a career as a musician that you've personally faced that you might be willing to share with other people to say, hey, you know, this is some of the stuff I've run into. And then maybe on the other side of that, just to keep a, a positive side, what are some of the things that have been uh, great that have been Yeah, awesome? I, th- I, think, um, I think things like relationships can be really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, being a creative person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be yeah, you mean like could be romantic friendships well, romantic could be, friendship, could be, family, could be anything like you could apply that um, to a lot of different scenarios you know uh, I think other other difficulties I, I, I found that but I also feel like that I've always felt like that and mm-hmm. I, I think okay. I can maintain healthy relationships with people but I also think that when you feel and think certain things and mm-hmm. um, not expecting everybody to feel and think the way that I do because that would be really boring. Right. But I <clears throat> also, I think a lot of us just want to be understood. Sure. And um, I think w- when you are studying things like this and you're constantly exposing yourself to feelings and analyzing those feelings mm-hmm. or those th- these methodical approaches to life, sure. which is music and yep. art and poetry. Self-therapy um, too sometimes, especially for singer-songwriters. Of course, singer song, of course. Songwriters. 
um, I think it you, you get so inside a world it's hard to uh, hard to connect with people sometimes sure. but I, and I think that can be a difficulty too but that's why I also think being the postman is important yeah I was just, that kind of comes back to yeah, the advice like, like that's why you need you outside know, perspective but um, yeah I think but I you know I have great relationships in my life I have wonderful people and some of them are artists some aren't and uh, I love them all so and even that's the great. ones that I haven't been able to maintain relationships with mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we all still love each other you yeah. know um, but you just have to appreciate where we're all at. Yeah, absolutely. And what are some of the highlights of trying to make a career as a musician? Whether it's like awesome shows yeah, or I think, people you've gotten a chance to meet. I think that I can wake up every day and feel good. Like I can, I can accept who I am and I can live my life without a mask mm-hmm. every day. And I, I've, again, so going back to... Being true to yourself sounds very important to you. Yeah, I think a lot of, again, going back to like relationships, friendships, is I've seen the struggle that in families and everything mm-hmm. that like when people are trying to do that thing that like it's just not really them or there's something else that's well hidden in there that you you know is there, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're covering it up with all these like ideas of life yeah. or, or like these structures of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm doing that too. I don't know, but I I really feel like I get to wake up and I'm like, here we go. Yeah. Cool. This is me. I yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's and I, I, it's a great place. It feels really good. And I again, there's been times where you try to put a lid on it a little bit, mm-hmm. or try to like, you know, jump into a little container. And I think mm-hmm. it's good to jump into other little containers or mm-hmm. jars. I'm looking at jars. That's why. Right. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my mason jar right here for my water. Um, but, Good metaphor. Uh, yeah, a terrible metaphor, but but I appreciate your uh, your kindness. <laughs> but I think when you're you're doing that, um, you learn something, you get something out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it is important. Anyway, now I'm just going on a tangent. That's all good. It's all but, good. Uh, it's a podcast. That's what this yeah. is meant for. Yeah. Um, cool. I, the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, any advice that you would give younger artists or musicians. Uh, about if they you know, if they're thinking about hey I might want to make a career as an artist or a musician more specifically, um, what things would you say and suggest for them to do or, or to try out? Yeah, I think um, for me there's a couple couple things and uh, one of them is just do it. Like don't okay. think <laughs> about it too much. Like if you if you feel it and it feels right, you like just keep doing it. Okay. Um, I've and for instance, um, I had a couple. There's okay. Here's the one I want to start with. Um, okay. Benny Green, jazz jazz pianist, mm-hmm. did a clinic at Berkeley, and he said, he, and he's phenomenal, and he he considers himself a jazz messenger. Mm. And uh, what does that mean? Like an advocate for jazz? He promote the genre? he really plays from the recordings, and he uh, okay. he's not. You know, you look at bands like Snarky Puppy or mm-hmm. or these more like modern jazz approaches. Sure. Um, you're going in and you're you're doing something. Not saying that jazz messengers aren't doing something new, mm-hmm. but you're really doing something new. You're trying. You're you're really bending the boundaries of right. genres. Um, of a a jazz messenger is genres. yeah. Where jazz messengers are like yeah. So this Miles Davis recording, and we're gonna play it with a traditional like. You know, instrumentation. Sp- yeah, and like a trio, for instance. Okay, if you have okay. a trio, like say it's guitar, piano, and bass, mm-hmm. 
it's like that is very much a jazz messenger setup or God, or piano yeah. or something. Right. They're not going to throw in like a guitar or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So where where I'm going with him is he he was playing and he was like critiquing students as they were coming up and playing their improvisation over tunes. Oh, okay. And he that, said That must have been nerve-wracking. Well, I didn't have to do it. I'm not a piano player. No, okay. Um, but it was entertaining. Yeah, I was going to say, and, fun for you to but watch. But so, so nice. Such a sweet guy. Yeah. Um, so, so nice. And like really, really positive critiques. Um, That's always nice. And you getting don't right get to the place. Getting right. right. And he, he, he was a guy that really spoke from his heart. And he said, mm. he turned to the, to the whole room and was just like, you know, I want you guys all to know, like, no matter what you're doing, like, you got you to gotta do it. And like, make sure it's that thing that like, when you go home at night in those songs that you put on that are going to help you get through the next day. That's what you should be studying. That's what you should be playing. It doesn't matter if it's pop, R&B, rock and roll, mm-hmm. like that you just have to find that thing and um, whatever is wow. really you, you know? And I was just like, that's why I feel like I committed. Like I just was yeah. like, no turning back. I was like, yeah. this Hell guy's yeah, playing jazz piano. Right. Like, you know, that's, that's a pretty niche thing mm-hmm. and he's doing it. And I was just like, yep. Okay. And then another one, that I really live by is um, Anne Sexton. I love Anne Sexton. She's my favorite poet. And okay. she said... Uh, I'm not familiar with her. She, Yeah, she's um, from a confessional movement. Um, f- phenomenal. Check her out sometime. Okay. But she has um, a quote that's, put your ear down close to your heart and listen. And I think that's wow. um, another thing with just going along with your question. Mm-hmm. Those two, uh, two things like that. And I, I mean... Again, like even Ed Sheeran, like saying something like, just make it, just do it. And um, there's so many people out there, somebody's going to like it. And right. even if it's just your mom, <laughs> like at least you made your mom happy. That's true. Who doesn't want to make who, their mom say, happy? Who doesn't want to make their mom like, happy? You know, you got you to gotta do those things. So I think you just got to do it. And mm-hmm. it's uh, there's going to be rewards. There's going to be... Um, challenges challenges yeah. and bumps in the road you're gonna face a lot of things in life that are gonna be really tough but that's everybody's life that sure, you're no sure. different right right <laughs> you know so you just got it sounds like your advice would be make it work for you yeah more or less yeah and it takes a long time and I'm still figuring it out yeah, but yeah. patience I'm sure definitely a good thing Awesome. Well, I think that just about wraps things up today. Thanks so much for coming on the show, yeah, Arthur. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, if people want to check out your own music, do you have anywhere online people can go to check it out? Yeah, just type in my name on SoundCloud or Bandcamp. Um, not on Spotify right now, but it's in the okay. works. Um, in the works. So do we jump on that streaming train eventually? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. I just I don't want to release like singles on Spotify right now. Yeah. I I think I'm gonna move towards like promoting an ep or something but okay i have a, I have a few cool. things in the works and i've been recording and um that's really what i want to be doing anyways the recordings mm-hmm. are what really hit me um so working towards that nice and then people can just look up your name arthur Terambula. yeah yeah look look me up and um my if you want to follow me on instagram i think that's effective just to see what i'm playing because i do play shows and uh what projects are coming out or mm-hmm. what i'm working on uh it's uh, Arthur underscore sings underscore plays. Arthur sings plays. Yep. Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Arthur. This yeah, was a you. real treat to talk to you. And yep. uh, look forward to uh, listening back and checking everything out. Cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no problem. And thank you guys for listening. This has been the Arts Unknown Podcast. My name's Jared Rocco. Catch you next time. All right. That's it for today's episode of the Arts Unknown Podcast. 
I'd like to say a special thank you to my guest today, Arthur Terambula, for coming on the show and sharing his stories. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Arts Unknown podcast, consider subscribing to the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I'm also happy to announce that we now have a YouTube channel where you can find all of our latest episodes. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on the show, so leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher to let us know how we're doing. My name is Jared Rocco, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.